Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Father, we, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for the privilege we have to carry our Bibles. Uh, this is illegal in so many countries. Uh, this could be the death sentence if found on a person. Father, we know there are many saints who are imprisoned in various countries because of the word of God. Father, we know that martyrdom is strong in certain countries because of the word of God. Here we are coming into 2022 and people are still being persecuted. Why? Because Jesus is the only answer for eternal salvation. The spirit, our spiritual enemy does not want the name of Jesus proclaimed as God, the Son of God, the one who came to die for our sins, the one who can save humanity. But Father, we still proclaim it. And we thank you for the freedoms we have. We see them slipping ever so slowly, but they are slipping. So give us wisdom this night and especially as we go into 22 on how to be ready to give every person, man or woman, young or old, an answer for the reason that we have a hope in the word of God. It's been true, and it's going to remain to be true, even as we're going to see this morning. I pray for the gift of teaching in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, who can you believe these days? Who can we turn to to get the absolute truth? Because some people say there are no absolute truths, and they're absolutely sure of that. There are no absolute truths, but what's going on? Who can we turn to? Is there even such a thing as absolute truth? Well, let's look at John chapter 18. John chapter 18, 2,000 years ago, roughly, Pilate wondered that himself. And maybe you're here this morning and you're just wondering about the truth. And if you watch any news and then you switch to another channel, um, you can see how so easily it is to get confused. I try to stay abreast a little bit on both sides, but uh, I sift everything through the word of God. And I don't spend an over amount of time. Half hour, 45 minutes a day is enough for me. But you want to stay educated enough to know what's going on. John chapter 18, 28. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, and it was early morning, but they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Who are the they here, the religious elite? Pilate then went out to meet them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, if he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to them, you take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore, the Jews said to him, so this would be the religious authorities, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. Now, they stoned Stephen. If you're kind of in the Bible and you read your Bible, you're kind of, wait a minute, they stoned Stephen. Well, let's go on to see what it says. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Crucifixion. Only you Romans can crucify. Capital punishment. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, 
Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you something about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priest have delivered me to you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. We celebrate the birth. Notice, for this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. 100% innocent, not guilty. Notice that Pilate asked the same question that so many people are asking today as well. But why did Pilate even ask the question in the first place? Maybe it was because he knew that the religious elite of that day had delivered Jesus up for crucifixion out of envy or jealousy. You see, the religious folks were not interested in truth. Do you hear what I hear? We want to seek after the truth the rest of this year and all of 22 until the day we die. Seek after truth. Maybe not political truth. If we seek after the truth found in the word of God, we'll understand politics and we won't get so upset about it. You see, they were interested in their own agenda, which was power and prestige, not the agenda of Jesus. Maybe it was because his military career had to be balanced with the politics of the day. Interesting. It's taking place even in our country today. You see, Rome wasn't interested in the truth. They were only concerned with maintaining peace throughout the empire via power and prestige. Which one was it? I I think it was both. But wait a minute, this sounds like a, a resurrection study. I thought this was Christmas. Do you hear what I hear? So as you read your Bible this year, Start to ask yourself that simple question. Am I listening or am I just reading? Am I punching the clock? Am I meeting a religious obligation? Because that's not what I'm asking you to do. Ever meet a religious obligation. Ever. I desire for you to grow via the Holy Spirit, via the Word of God. You see, Pilate declared that Jesus was innocent and that was the absolute truth. He was absolutely innocent. Well, that's just your opinion, pastor. No, that's the facts found within the word of God. 
You see, we are seeing opinions on display all over the world, and that's why so many people are asking a very simple question. I know you young people are asking a very simple question. What is truth? Because you're looking at the rulers of our country, people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and 80s, who are saying things, contradicting each other, contradicting the word of God, but being held up as popular, as their right. And we need to get behind whoever that might be and support them with everything we got. And so that is very confusing for the young mind. I I totally get it. It's a great question and one that we need to keep going back to about our earthly existence, though, as a young person. Which is, in the end, death. As I shared Christmas Eve, roughly 8,500 people are going to die today in America. And I think I said 75. And, I, and after the words, I said, oh, that's a clot. I go, I don't think that number's right. And so I recalculated, it's, it's about 85. So sorry for the mishap. I was a thousand short. 8,500 people are going to die today in America. And it's not all of COVID. Well, I still thought this was a Christmas, supposed to be a Christmas message. It sounds like resurrection study to me. Again, listen to these verses. Do you hear what I hear? In Matthew 5, 17, we read this, Jesus speaking. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Don't misunderstand why I have come. Did you hear what he said? Don't misunderstand why I was born. Don't misunderstand why I was born. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Now this next slide, I I just kind of underlined a few things that I heard. And you might have heard some different, but I'm going to emphasize this. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses and the writing, or the writings of the prophets. First and foremost, that's what I heard, okay. So he didn't come to wipe out the Old Testament. He came to do what? Fulfill the Old Testament. No, I have come to accomplish their purposes. I tell you the truth. So we will find the truth as we go along here. I encourage you to write these verses down. Because you're going to run into people this year, coming year in 22, that are going to say, what's the truth? And if you start arguing politics with them, it's pointless, it's worthless. But if you give them the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You'll be far better off and you'll have less arguments. But you'll be planting seeds, you'll be watering them and fertilizing them. You see, here we see why God the Father sent his one and only Son into the world to fulfill the promises of the coming Messiah, of which there are over 300 of them. Over 300. It's impossible for any one human being to fulfill 300 prophecies. Micah 5.2 says this, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel. And in your Bible, you'll see that these words are capitalized. So it's speaking of the coming Messiah. A coming king, whose goings forth are from of old. Well, how do I know that? Do you hear what I hear? What the love's last two words? 
from everlasting. So not a human being. God is the only one that we know of that is everlasting, from everlasting. Not angels. They were created in eternity past at some point. Only God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit come from everlasting. Hmm. You see, this prophecy was written roughly 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus, and he was born in Bethlehem, which, if you read the scriptures, (laughs) was very incredible. Notice as well that this is definitely a prophecy concerning the Messiah as it ends with from everlasting. Yes, and that's the absolute truth. Luke chapter 2 says this, if you'd like to turn there quickly. Luke 2, 8 through 12. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, The shepherds would have known that's Bethlehem. They wouldn't have said, I wonder if that's Jerusalem. I wonder if that's Samaria. Where would that be? They would have known immediately. Bethlehem. We know that to be Bethlehem. The city of David. But notice what he says. Do you hear what I hear? A savior. Not just a great prophet. Not a really good teacher. Uh, Just an angel. No, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And Christ means the anointed one, New Testament, Messiah, Old Testament, the anointed one. Not his last name, Jesus Christ. That's a title, a fulfillment. He's the anointed one. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Here's another one out of Isaiah 7.14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign... Behold, the virgin, and we covered this Christmas Eve, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. This is called a miracle, a miracle. Joseph was not his father, God, via the Holy Spirit. And shall call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel translated means God with us. Not great prophet with us, although Jesus was a great prophet. Not good teacher, although he was a really good teacher. God with us. Again, this prophecy was written roughly 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus. Jesus was no ordinary baby. He is the only begotten Son of God who came to this earth to take on human flesh. If you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 1. Now it's sounding more like a Christmas teaching. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and wanting not to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly or divorce her. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." For he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. 
Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her or have physical relations with her, till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Do you hear what I hear? I hear that God fulfills his promises. Even after 700 years. You see, God's time frame is not our time frame, God, guys. And as we have children that go astray or grandchildren or mates or whatever it might be, we just need to keep praying. Just keep praying. Do not give up praying. God has a plan. God has a purpose. Our oldest took two decades. Just keep praying. Never give up. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth. Do you hear what I hear? I hear that God sent his one and only son into this world to point us to the truth, to give us the truth, to live out the truth, Why? So that we might walk in the truth. Do you want to walk in the truth this year? Maybe get away from three or four or five hours of news. Maybe get off the internet with all those conspiracy theories that are filling your mind. And just get into the word of God. Devote yourself to the word of God this coming year. Because there's not a conspiracy in the word of God. There's the truth. Jesus proclaimed it, and you will find it. Very quickly here, God spoke to Moses about the coming Messiah in Deuteronomy 18.18. I will raise up for them a prophet, capital P, speaking of the Messiah, like you from among their brethren, God talking to Moses, and will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak to them all that I command him. In John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Oh, that word, a uh, letter, no, oh, sorry about that. People will come and knock on your door and say, we have the truth. The Word was a God. No, was not in the original, no. God, God, well, who's God? John one fourteen. I mean, who's the Word? And the Word became flesh. Who could that be? And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. So John's writing this, so, hmm, okay, that narrows it down. Someone in John's day, and we beheld his glory? Do humans have glory? No, we're so frail. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. That zeroes it in. That would be Jesus. Full of grace and truth. In John 17, 17, as I mentioned earlier, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Set them apart. Wash them. And since I mentioned our earthly destination earlier, death and birth and life of Jesus came to save us from a second death, which is separation from God. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person is born a sinner. They don't become a sinner by sinning. They're a sinner, which causes them to sin. And if you don't think that way, just come and work with the two- and three-year-olds for one Sunday. You'll find out very quick. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, 
This is not physical death. This is spiritual death, eternal separation from God. If you're born once, you don't receive Jesus as your Savior, you're going to die twice. You're going to die a physical death. You're going to die a spiritual death, eternal separation from God. You're born twice, born physically, and then born again by the Holy Spirit, receiving Jesus as your Savior. You'll only die once, a physical death. The choice is yours. For the wages of sin, so if you are a sinner, is death, the eternal separation from God. But the gift of God, and by the way, this is a free gift, and I'm assuming that as you received gifts just two days ago, after you received them, somebody didn't say, hey, that cost me 25 bucks. You got 25 bucks? I'm assuming they didn't say that. They gave you a free gift. Now, when you received it, you might have opened it up and said, where'd you get this from? You want to take it back tomorrow. I'd encourage you to wait a week. I've done that before. It's, it's terrible. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You're going to spend eternal life somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. You're all going to die. We're all going to die. So you have a body waiting for you. Now, there is some truth that we don't like to hear about, yet the truth is found in, Gen- in, in 6.23, as we just read. We don't have to suffer eternal separation from God. We can accept Jesus as our Savior and become a child of God. Isaiah 53 says this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Again, Isaiah wrote this 700 years before Jesus was born. For us, roughly 2,700 years ago, this prophecy was given. Peter references this in his epistle, by his stripes, we're healed. But in John 3, 14, we read this, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Again, Jesus, as you do a study, speaking of the cross, great study right there, by the way. John 12, 32, Jesus speaking, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. As we approach 8 billion people, every person can receive Jesus as their Savior. Any person. 1 John 5, 12, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Obviously, God's really concerned about eternity. He's concerned about the temporal. The word tells us that. But he's way more concerned about the eternal. Because he knows we're going to get there sooner or later. And he knows the exact day, the exact hour, the exact minute. He knows the exact second when you're going to take your last breath. That's the intimacy of God. John 3.36, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. Yes, this is a Christmas message. I'd be doing you a disservice if I patted you on the head and loved you to hell. God sent his son to die for you. He's not some pudgy little kid in a manger. He's king of kings and lord of lords. He's sitting on a throne right next to his father's right hand, which signifies ultimate power, the right hand. You have to make a decision about Jesus. Most of you already have. John 5, 24 says this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who has sent me, so believing in the Father, has everlasting life and that shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death 
eternal separation from my Father into life. Do you hear what I hear? You see, God made a way for us to become children of God by acknowledging the truth that God loves the whole world. I can become a son or a daughter of his. Galatians 3.26 says this, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, sons and daughters. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So you were received Jesus as your Savior. You have acknowledged that. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Let's leave that up for a moment. Do you hear what I hear? I hear equality and equity. Hmm. Those are buzzwords, especially equity in the last two years. Hmm. I hear equality and equity. And isn't that what the world has been seeking after for thousands of years? And this continues to be the big push now in our culture as well as the world. The world's calling it the Great Reset. And that's not a conspiracy. You can read about it which is based upon the idea of saving the earth from the devastation that is being caused by human beings. But if you read Revelation, if you're reading it this week, this past week as well as this week, the world is going to become totally devastated in just a few years. I'm not a prophet. I'm just reading the Bible. If you read your Bible, you're going to see this. Just a few years from now, this world as we see it today is going to be totally devastated if you believe in the word of God. God, through Jesus, has already made everyone equal because God loves everyone the same. Now, our spiritual enemy will try to dismiss that, but that is the absolute truth. How do I know that? John 3, 16. Because the word gives us the truth. For God so loved the Calvary Chapelites. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish eternal separation from God. Jesus knows we're all going to die. Eternal separation from God. But have everlasting life. Romans 5.8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, religion will teach you, if you just get clean enough, if you just be good enough, if you just pray enough, if you go to enough church services then God will love you and you'll be able to go to heaven. If you, if you die in a really, when you're being really good on a good day, then you'll go to heaven. Unscriptural. You're going to hell if you don't know Jesus. Don't sugarcoat it. Born a sinner. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, the cross. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, we, if, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, made right with God, Through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Do you hear what I hear? This is what I heard. We are saved by Jesus' birth, his life, death, and his resurrection. That's why Jesus was born, to show us God's love for humanity. So please know this. God loves you. God loves you right where you're at right now. Maybe you're an unbeliever. That means you don't have Jesus as your Savior. You got him in your head. You know the name. You know the routine. You know the religious aspect, but he's not in your heart. In other words, you don't have a love relationship with him. You've mocked that. You've ridiculed that. You've blocked that. I want you to know God loves you, and he's going to keep loving you. He's never going to stop loving you. You're the problem, not God. Don't ever blame God. 
We just read it. For God so loved the world. Just put your name there. For God so loved Jim. That doesn't change. I'm the one that needs to change. Not God. You're the one that probably needs to change. His love will never fail. Maybe you've been away from God for a while as the music team comes up. Maybe you've been away from God for a while and, and you came back. We're glad you're here. And I want to remind you again, God never left you. The Holy Spirit never left you. If you're truly born again, the Holy Spirit never left you. You're the one that took some chances. You're the one that played games. Not God. God will love you till the day you die. So just repent. Just surrender. As a believer, you know what I'm talking about. Just surrender and stop playing games. Just come back. God doesn't keep a record. You do. God doesn't. Father, we thank you and praise you for the morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you love the whole world. You are not into religion. You are into relationship. You're not concerned about how many times we come to church. You're not not concerned about our prayer life as far as salvation is concerned. You're not concerned about our Bible reading or our knocking on doors or our passing out pamphlets. That's all what religion has taught us about you. And it's not true. You love us just the way we are. And you sent your son to die for us. And you sent your Holy Spirit to transform our hearts. So that we wouldn't play church. But that we would enjoy the loving relationship that you desired to have with us. So Father, our prayer even as the saints are praying right now, our prayers for anyone in this room this morning, anyone watching on the internet, they may be even watching in a foreign country where the Bible is illegal, but they've tuned in. Father, we thank you for them, and I want want them to know you love them. You sent your son to die for them. If there's people listening here or via the web, And they finally get it. They finally understand that they're a sinner in need of a savior. That they would accept Jesus this morning. They'd accept the greatest gift ever given to mankind. And it's free. Absolutely free. So for anyone in this room, as eyes are closed and and saints are praying, and I, I pray that you're even praying right now, God, are you talking to me? If you throw up that little prayer, God's going to say, yes, I am. I love you. That you'll respond to that answer right now and ask Jesus to be your Savior by saying a simple little prayer. And it's not so much the prayer, it's just about your heart. If you're ready to receive Jesus, God knows it looks at your heart. But pray this simple little prayer. God, Thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you for sending your son to be born. But I get it. He's not a baby. I've heard this morning that he's seated at your right hand. And I understand I'm a sinner. Which means I need a savior. I can't get to heaven on my own. 
So God, I ask Jesus to be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I I turn from my sins and I turn to you, God. And I just ask for your forgiveness. And I say thank you for accepting me. And I invite your Holy Spirit to come into my life. I don't really know what that means. But I trust you're going to show me through your word, through prayer, through other Christians. You're going to show me what this love relationship is all about. And so I say thank you that I can now call you Father, my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. As we continue to pray, eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning and and you want to come back to Jesus. You're just, you're, you're tired. You're fine. You finally have realized I got to stop running. Just pray this simple prayer with me. You know, you know if it's you. The Holy Spirit's loving you and ministering to you. Just stop playing games and surrender. Just pray this simple prayer. God, I surrender. I know what that means. And I surrender. Thank you for loving me. And reminding me this morning that you always have, you always will. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I'm the one. So fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. I need more of your Holy Spirit to stay on the straight and narrow. And through your Holy Spirit, you'll help me to forsake those ways that so easily got me distracted, sidetracked. You're calling me home and I want to be home. I want to come home. So I thank you, God. I repent. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for this weekend. We thank you for all you allow us to do. Be glorified through this uh, time. Maybe some of us have time off. Be glorified, Father. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.